This is episode number 69 with Peter Kelly. The Melissa Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl and Open Wide. And I'm here to remind you that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Each week, I'll be getting up close and personal with thought leaders from around the globe, as well as your weekly dose of motivation so that you can create epic change in your own life and become the best version of yourself possible. Are you ready, beautiful? Peter Kelly has been described as a grandmother of our global tribe and one of the most powerful sacred messengers of our time. And I couldn't agree more, which is why this is her second time back on the show. And for those of you that haven't listened to the first episode that we did together, that was episode number 29, How to Financially Free Yourself with Peter Kelly please do yourself a favor and go and listen to that episode either before this one or straight after because it is life-changing. But for those of you that haven't heard of Peter before, she is an entrepreneur, a speaker, and a voice for the millennial generation. She was recently ranked by Inc. Magazine in the top 10 female entrepreneurs changing the world. And her mission is to mobilize the next generation of conscious change makers and to create epicness on behalf of the earth. Now, after earning a first class honors degree, Peter dropped being a PhD science nerd at the age of 22 and found her first business pursuit in network marketing. She became a seven-figure-a-year earner by the age of 26 and worked with thousands of millennial leaders from around the world, forming her love for what's at the heart of this generation. She is now building an enterprise called Genius, a global hub of nakedly brilliant people mobilized to create change for our planet through conscious enterprise and magical collaborations. What excites Peter most is bringing her generation together as one team and one family so that we can be more thriving collectively for our planet and our children. Peter is also an angel gifter and loves exploring how we can recirculate money in more conscious ways. She is also a new mum to her beautiful daughter, Soul, and has a new foundation called Soul's Friends, which is a gift to her daughter and her daughter's generation. And she was also recently featured in the Rise Up movie. Now, I love Peter. She is a massive inspiration to me and a dear friend. And I'm so excited for you guys to hear this epic conversation. She is just amazing. And I'm excited for you guys to get her new book. And in this episode, we chat about what the heck Earth is hiring us to do, why being in alignment is key to inner peace, how to know when you're out of alignment, how to get back into alignment and how to unkink your hose. What is the new way to live, lead, earn and give? You guys are going to love this. This is going to radically change your life. 
how to circulate your energy and raise your vibration, how to live in integrity, why it's okay to change your mind. I love her take on this. Why the vibration of play is so imperative to living in alignment, plus so much more. And for everything that we mention in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes. And that is over at melissaambrosini.com forward slash 69. And without further ado, let's bring on this epic human, the one, the only Peter Kelly. Peter, welcome back to the show. I am so excited for today's conversation. But before we dive in, you know the drill. You've got to tell us what you had for breakfast this morning. So funny. I was thinking about that this morning. I was like, I know the first question. Mother's going to ask me what I have for breakfast. Same thing I had last time, by the way. My superfood smoothie that I've been having for like five years. But I have added wild blueberries. Oh. Yeah, wild ones. They literally make you high. How delicious. Yeah, we get wild blueberries and wild mixed berries here and they're just so good for you and just amazing. So yum, you've inspired me. I'm going to have some after this call. (laughs) I am so excited, honey, to have you back on the show. It's so great. And you know, I adore you. I love you. I love your work. And Today, we are celebrating and talking about your new book, Earth is Hiring, a new way to live, lead, earn, and give. So before we go any further, I just want to congratulate you on the book. I'm obsessed with it. I'm sneaking in little times wherever I can to finish reading it because it's so great and it's so chunky. I didn't expect it to be so chunky because like in the photos that you've been posting, it doesn't look as big as it actually is. Like it's huge. It's a mammoth book. So well done. I love it. But can you please tell us what is Earth hiring us to do? Oh, where do I even begin? She's Before I begin as well, congratulations on your book. I have not got it yet because I'm waiting for it to come to the USA. But as soon as I get to Australia, I'm going to eat it up in a couple of weeks. Oh, thanks, honey. And I can't wait to read it. Um, And I loved writing the book alongside you at the same time. You were just such an inspiration for me and helped me so much get over those little resistance bumps. So thank you. Oh, you are welcome. What is she hiring us to do? Firstly, who is she hiring us to be? What is she hiring us to be? Like, I feel like we are such world-changing crusaders all the time. And the book is very much for that person, like the world changer, the game changer, the change maker, you know, those of us who feel like we have such a big mission on earth, no matter what it is. And she's speaking to us first and foremost and telling us to lighten up and to remember that our greatest gift to her and everyone here is our vibration and living in alignment and the energy we are constantly essentially sending out to the world via energetic text message. And that's the that's the message that I was so tapped on the shoulder to, to share is that we have got the action down pat, right? We know we know how to do our do. We know how to crush it, grind, hustle, create, give, share. We know how to do all that stuff, but often we're doing it at the mercy of our vibration. And that's where she's really asking us to rise up is can you collectively, firstly individually, but collectively rise up into a vibration that is more like mine. That's what she's asking us to do because we will know harmony with 
planet Earth. And that means I'm talking about we'll know harmony with each other. We'll know harmony with Mother Earth. The world will be effortlessly changed. We'll eradicate homelessness. We'll move to sustainable energy. All of that amazing change we want to see, that will happen effortlessly when we collectively give enough of a shit. So she's asking us to never take our eye off the action but to focus more on our vibration so that we can be in more harmony with her. And that's sort of the new message that's coming through. And there's so much else. I mean, she talks in the book, I say she talks because I felt like she was just talking through me. The new way to live, lead, earn, and give. You know, I'm sure we're going to talk about it on this on this chat, but there's so much so many things that she's asking of us in terms of how to how to live, lead, earn, and give in a more rewarding way. Um, so that we can be a more thriving collective um, for the planet for our children and for each other and so that's why the book's so chunky like you said because because we really dive into what does that look like in terms of money and business and leadership and uh, giving and all being on the same team what does it look like in terms of leading a tribe what does it look like in terms of playing what does it look like in terms of success so we really dive into all of that but the underlying message is Focus on taking radical responsibility for your vibration because it matters more than our action does. So how do we know if we are out of alignment within ourselves? Is it a feeling within? Yeah. So I always use the analogy of the hose and the kinked hose. And we essentially are, we have this invisible hose uh, running from God, source, divine, you know, spirit right through us that hose that tap i call it has all of the you know insight opportunity abundance clarity solutions creative just badassery you know everything is in that tap and when we can live with an unkinked hose as i say we feel fully available to that life force and we let it flow through us we are able to create effortlessly we are able to attract effortlessly we are living with this life force well you you know what it's like when you're in flow you feel lit up my tap is on i'm in the flow i'm just you know like things are falling out of the sky it's just basically like you have the golden touch and when we are out of alignment which just before I go on is still perfect because that's how we constantly refining by feeling that mm, something's not right. It's still perfect. When we're out of alignment, we feel like a deep resistance and not a deep resistance, more like a, uh, you know, like, a, oh, uh, like that's not meant to be in my life. I've evolved beyond that. This just doesn't feel right. It's just that undescribable feeling, but we all know it. We all know what it feels like. It's when that relationship is not for us anymore. It's when the, we've evolved on from the business. It's when we haven't had the conversation that we need to have and it's just kinking our hose and blocking our life force. You know, all of those little things, we are, we are committing to something purely out of obligation and it's not rewarding for us anymore. It's just all of these different ways we kink our hose. Maybe you're like, you're living somewhere that is not uh, rewarding for the thrivey thrive you want to be in. You know, it's, it's just those feelings of, oh, this isn't right for me anymore. This is blocking my life force. I am kinking my hose. I need to change this. I need to upgrade it. And we always know what that is. We just always, always, always know. Mm. When I was reading that section of the book and you were sharing some of the things that make you feel out of alignment and some of the things that kink your hose – I started to ponder on mine and I thought, what makes me feel out of alignment and what makes me feel kinked? And to be honest, it was a little while. I was I was digging. I was thinking, well, what about this and what about this? And 
And there wasn't many areas, which was a really nice realization, but a couple that you said, you know, a couple of things that make me feel out of alignment are saying yes when I really want to say no and the shoulds, that makes me feel really out of alignment, doing something out of obligation for a family member when I really don't want to, that makes me feel out of alignment and like one you said, which was going to bed late, that makes me feel out of alignment. That kinks my hose. It doesn't raise my vibration. But there's so many other areas that I have over the years really made sure I was in alignment. But, you know, me six years ago, I, I think every area of my life would have been out of alignment. The work I was doing, the people I was hanging around, the men I was dating, or should I say boys I was dating the places I was living, the houses, the share houses that I was living in, like everything was out of alignment and I would have had so many kinks in my hose. But I didn't have the awareness and the realizations that I've had over the years to realize that I was out of alignment and unkink my hose. And I can hear people saying now, okay, I realize I'm out of alignment with my work or with this relationship. How do I unkink my hose and get back into alignment. I feel like we're always in alignment as children and then we grow up and we start playing in the world of obligation and should because we're just borrowing expectations and projections and demands. And it's so normal for us to go through that phase in our life because we're learning about our relationship with our soul. We're learning about what it feels like to feel in alignment. And so it's so normal and so like imperative to living in alignment to also know what it feels like to be living not in alignment. And both are perfect to the journey. But the first step to living, to unkinking the hose is to firstly uh, admit to yourself quickly and swiftly and honestly and lovingly where your kinks are. And remember that admitting things to yourself is just admitting it to your own heart. Like you don't have to be polite. You don't have to make it up to sound good to impress anyone. You don't have to pretend it's not there. It's just between you and your heart, you and your soul, you and your tap. Where is there a kink? And how can you lovingly and at whatever pace feels right for you, unkink it? So whether it's, I've got to get out of this job, whether it's, you know, this relationship is not for me anymore, whether it's, I cannot go on Tuesday evenings to this, or whether it's, I need to stop eating meat, or I need to, whatever whatever it is, you have got to have just an honest, loving inquiry. And remember that uh, the first the first step to anything is awareness. And often awareness can dissolve things on its own. It's, awareness is such a powerful thing. But then to just lovingly and at whatever pace feels right, address them and take care of them in, you know, in whatever way. And this is where I always just remind people, like, you don't need anybody to tell you how to take care of the stuff you need to take care of. Once you can be honest with your own heart and just be on the same page and on the same team as your soul, you've got everything you need. You know, it's not something anyone else can sort of help you do. You've just got to trust your soul, trust your heart and have the courage because living alignment does take courage. Alignment seems like such an airy-fairy sort of woo-woo thing, but it takes more balls than anything else to live in alignment in a world that is so demanding of us and where opportunities have been throwing it our way, invitations, energetic invitations, physical invitations, like things being put in our space. Like I just had a conversation with my husband before. I'm like, how out of alignment I feel when we just keep getting things getting sent to our house and people keep bringing stuff over and here I have this and have this and have this and how letting things into my physical space is such a kink for me because it clutters my mind having things around. And I just, I've, I've tried to be super honest with people like, 
don't bring shit to our house. Like it, I just love the the space that we have, but it, it's still a kink because it's just this relational thing. You know, you can't stop people from giving you gifts. And so I've learned to unkink that kink by receiving the gift in my heart and saying thank you to the person and then discarding the gift rather than feeling out of alignment by keeping everything out of guilt. You know, so I think everyone finds their own way to unkink um, the hose and it all comes back to just asking and trusting the guidance of how to go about it. Mm, And I love, I always say as well that awareness is key for transformation because it is once you are aware of something you can't unknow what you now know. And that is the first step to make any sort of inner transformation. So awareness is key here. This is why I love in the book that you get everyone to write down, okay, where are you out of alignment and what are your kinks? And I love that. I love throughout the book that you've got these exercises. It's it's amazing. I do the same in my book because I believe reading isn't enough. You've got to take action and you've got to sit with yourself and go, okay, cool. And I love all the little exercises and all the drawings that you've done. They're just so epic. So why is living in alignment and unkinking our hose so important for the way that we live, lead, earn, and give? Like, Why do we need to get in alignment and unkink our hose first? Because when we live in alignment and unkink our hose, that's when we are accessing our highest and best vibration a lot of the time. And it's not about always being like on this high vibe all the time, like cloud nine. It's just about always being and claiming and owning our the energies that is most rewarding for our life. And when we think about what earth is most hiring us to do right now, it is to raise the collective vibration so that it is more like hers so that we can live in more harmony with her and each other. And we, the only way we can do that is by doing our own, by unkinking our own hose and by raising our own vibration. Like we cannot take care of other people's vibration for them. So if we think about, again, everybody, like, well, not everybody, so many people are on this mission to raise the vibe, you know, like to, to change the world. And that is at the essence of what we all want to do, but we cannot do it unless we are taking care of our own. So living in alignment is just one way to raise our vibration. Like saying no when we mean no and yes when we mean yes and radically protecting our alignment through our boundaries is just one way to raise our vibration. And really, that's got to be at the core of all of our work. Like, yeah, there's healing and dark dark things we need to heal and there's all those very human, sometimes dark spiritual elements of our role here. But in when, when addressing like raising our vibration and doing meaningful work, if you want to be clear in uh, you want to um, be easily accessing the ideas and the creativity and the entities and your purpose here on earth, you will be able to do that when you can get rid of what doesn't matter. You know, when you can get rid of what doesn't matter, what does matter is staring you in the face and it's so clear. And we're just so, I read something the other day in a book, it said, we overcomplicate our lives because we are so scared of really admitting to ourselves what we know we need to do to make our lives better. And I think that's so true. So when we can unclutter, when we can put up our boundaries, when we can get really honest about what's not in alignment with us anymore and protect our alignment, then we can be clear firstly. So then how does that correspond to how to live, lead, earn, and give? I think that clarity is just everything. That awareness is that everything. And that life force is just everything. When we are in our life force and we are accessing that true authentic, unbound, unencumbered energy that is always available to us, 
we can lead our tribe in a, in a very authentic, real, powerful, fun, rewarding way. We can lead ourselves in our lives in that in that very loving, tender way. We can be in a better and more rewarding relationship with money, with which Earth is so hiring us to do. And I know we spoke about that in a previous podcast chat, but we can live in alignment with money. We can have this unencumbered relationship with money where we can honor it and respect it and appreciate it as part of our teammate as we fulfill our life's purpose, which is rewarding, right? We can um, have a better, more beautiful relationship with our businesses as entities. We can live in more harmony with each other, which in the book is at the very end, I talk about team earth. And eventually we can live more like mother nature for mother nature. So we can be in more harmony with her. And so there's so many benefits to living in alignment that um, correspond and flow into every area of our life and every mission that's sort of been bestowed upon us by earth. But it's just like we have everything available to us. And my, one of my favorite things to say is like, you have all the energy available to you to do whatever it is that you're required to do or want to do if you can just be ruthless about cutting out what absolutely doesn't mean anything to you. So it's just about that, like, give life your best, like, take care of your life, give, like, thrive, you know, thrive. And I said this when I was chatting to Lori Harder, like, you thriving more is not going to have anybody else thriving less. Like, when you thrive more, you are so much more equipped and energized to serve the world in whatever way you are meant to serve the world. And so taking care of your own vibration puts everything into clear clarity for you. This is how you're meant to serve the world. This is your art. This is your creativity. This is your service. Move from there rather than trying to be in this guilty servitude of, I'm just going to serve here. I'm just going to serve here. I'm going to serve here. And in the meantime, just clipping your life force off because it's all obligatory. It's not what the earth wants from us. The earth wants our vibration to be rising, for us to be healing, for us to be opening our tap, for us to be playing, for us to be enjoying ourselves. And then we serve the world from there. Amen, sister. I love that. As you were talking, I was thinking, where else am I out of alignment? And something else that makes me feel out of alignment is scrolling Instagram and checking emails. It makes me feel, like you said, that that ugh feeling at the start of this call. So for me, I have set some boundaries and you talk about boundaries as well in the book and those healthy boundaries that we need to create. And for me, I've had to set some boundaries with myself. You know, I don't open Instagram until I have done my morning goddess time, whatever that looks like, and I've done the most important tasks for me that morning. Most mornings, I don't open Instagram till 10, 30, 11 o'clock because it really makes me feel out of alignment. So getting really clear, I want everyone to do this after we have this interview. I want everyone to stop and not only get your book, but I want everyone to stop and write down every area they feel out of alignment, every single area where you feel out of alignment and kinked. And I want you guys to just write it all down because like we said before, that awareness is key. So Peter, what is the new way to live, lead, earn, and give? What is it? What is it? Share it with us. Well, I mean, it's 400 pages worth, but I'm going to just wrap it up in a tight little bow. Firstly, the new way, and like where I'm always really clear to clarify this, the new way isn't like, wow, we've never heard of this before. Like it's 
very much like so much of ancient tribal ways made fresh and relevant again today because that's what I feel is happening. I don't feel there's anything really new. It's like, except for like, of course, virtual reality and everything like that. But I feel like we're going home in a certain way. When I talk about the new way to live, I speak a lot about in that section of the book, raising a vibration, uh, living alignments and boundaries, knowing your values. And then I talk a lot about play and I share about an ayahuasca ceremony I had, which I felt like gave me an upgraded program in regards to play and how play is such an important part of our life and our work and how we've been tricked into thinking play is a distraction from our work, but it's actually so much of our deepest work. And we can access so much from the vibration of play. And I talk a lot about circulating energy and how circulating energy in our life is so masterful, even if it's like circulating our energy in terms of working in a new place, changing up our schedule, just allowing newness and freshness into our life. We have to be really intentional about that because we get so into a routine, whether it's you know our daily routine, we work in the same place, we eat the same thing, we go to the same cafes, we, we have the same rituals, which is great. But then we wonder why there's no freshness newness, you know, magic just knocking on our doors because there's so much stagnant there and we have to be masterful about circulating it. When I talk about that in the book, although it's some people are like, wow, I never heard that before. I think about how tribal people used to live and how they dance around. They were circulating energy, right? It's just, it's circulating energy is so important. And some for some people, it looks like getting on a plane and moving cities. And I think about how I feel when I get off an airplane, like when I land in London, a new city, like I'm so lit up by the, by the newness and the energy. I feel like a creative powerhouse. Like I can sit down and I just like write the most banger posts and just, I could just sit down and just write a whole book. I could just feel so lit up because I'm circulating energy. I'm allowing this newness into my life. So whether it's on a micro level of changing our day or whether it's on a large macro level of changing something about your life, like change, flipping your schedule around, like maybe don't wear active wear every single day. Like maybe wear something vintage on a Tuesday, you know, like maybe wear like your date night undies on like Wednesday and you just, just mix it up. Like maybe start brushing your teeth with your left hand, like start dancing your way to the fridge. Like all these things that we like, you can't expect newness to come into your life if you're not doing anything new is the bottom line. So the living section of Earth is Hiring is all about this energy and raising the vibration, living in alignment, how we can give our life just a dramatic upgrade very simply. Um, and then we're moving to the leading part, which is there's a lot in there. It's about leading yourself. So living in integrity with yourself. And that's different. You know, we get so hell bent on living in integrity with the world and living in integrity with everyone else. I do what I say I'm going to do. I'm a person of my word. And oftentimes we are doing that, but we're not living in integrity with ourselves and with our soul. Living in integrity in the new way is about radically honoring what our soul is asking us to do. And sometimes that means changing your mind, leaving a business, walking away from a business deal just as it's about to become profitable, like things like that. And rather than being like, oh, well, I have to do it because I committed, it's reprioritizing. Yeah, but my soul is asking me to do this. And when we can live in alignment with our soul, we are living in alignment with source, God's spirit all of the time. So we have to lose the guilt there. And that doesn't mean being a flaky individual. It means you, you know, you're very sturdy and solid, but we've got to stop honoring commitments out there at the mercy and at the sacrifice of commitments in here because again then we're sacrificing and we're letting go of our vibration and we have to stop doing that as a collective so 
I talk about that. I talk about how to lead a tribe in a very authentic and real way. Um, I dive into how to speak on stage, um, some keys to speaking on stage and how, you know, the new way to lead now is not about trying to sound good and putting beautiful words side by side that don't have any real meaning behind them. It's about really opening up like your book, open wide, like open wide and share so authentically. Um, but in a way that sh- I say is human as fuck, it's, it's share the parts of your world that are contradictory. You know, like where are you like a spiritual, super spiritual being, like where go to Kundalini yoga in the morning and then get home at night and be so frustrated that you are eating almond butter with your finger at 10 PM. Like where are the contradictions in your life? Because they make you magic. And how can we get more used to owning them rather than thinking that we're not, you know, I'm not evolving. I'm not woke. I'm not aware because I you know, do this and this. It's like, no, those contradictions make you human and magic. And it's amazing. The new way to lead is also asking us to stop trying to be the consciousness police and stop trying to label people as like woke and not woke and aware and not aware. And, you know, why don't you get on my energetic page? Like get on my spiritual page. Why don't you know as much as me about the world? Like the earth is hiring us really to just cut that shit out and to take responsibility for our own evolution, but not try and speed up other people's evolution. Like the universe has got that down. We don't need to take that job. And that's such a breath out for me because so often I'm like, I know this, I need to teach this, I need to let everyone else know this, which is why I very much started more poetry because I feel like so much of how I can teach is through just expressing myself rather than trying to tell people what they need to do to get better, which is feeling more in alignment for me right now. So in leading, I also talk about how to be led by your vision. So rather than trying to lead something all the time, like I'm trying, I'm always leading. I'm always at the front. I'm always leading a tribe. I'm leading my vision. It's stopping and actually flipping it and being led by your vision. Like as Tara Bliss, our friend so eloquently says, like receivership as opposed to leadership. Like how can you receive and be led by your vision and actually recognize that even as an entrepreneur, you're not working for yourself. You're always working for a spiritual boss in the sky. And when I get started in the earning part of the book, I talk about conscious enterprise there. And one element of conscious enterprise is working for a spiritual boss. I call it the chief entity. So like your podcast is a chief entity, your book, my book, you know, there are these entities in the sky, these bosses in the sky who that are tapping us on the shoulder and saying, hey, I've chosen you. Can you birth me? Can you be my human? But I'm the boss because I've got the relationship with source. I'm the spiritual all-knowing being and you're my human and we're going to do it together. Like it seems like such a new way to view business, but I feel like for, for me, that's how business works. That's why, that's why I wrote about it in the book. But it's having that relationship with our businesses that are not like so human and it's not so masculine. It's more like, hey, I am working with an invisible boss. I have this relationship with this vision and this entity that has chosen me to birth it on earth. And that's such an upgraded way for me, I feel, to do business because we are always guided, always guided by a business or an idea or art that is in direct relationship with source, which is, of course, going to reward the planet. So I talk about that relationship I talk about conscious enterprise and why millennials have these certain standards which are freaking the world out about work from home policies and beanbags in offices and um, social causes and sustainability and why we are so divinely intolerant of anything that doesn't um, abide by those standards. And then I dive into the conscious relationship with money and you know the new way to do money is to essentially appreciate and respect it, not worship it, but appreciate, respect it and be in alignment with 
how it works in your life in relation to your soul's purpose and to take responsibility for your story that you have around it. And remember that there is no money story. It's your money story. And you can either borrow the collective's money story, you can inherit a money story, or you can inherit stories from the world, or you can be a story creator and upgrade your story so that you can have a more thriving relationship with money, not just so that you can get ahead, but so that you can be of more service to the world. So it's very much about, hey, take responsibility for your relationship with money so that you can thrive and be unapologetic about that. Like, and then go and be noble from that place. Like, what more can you do from that world? Like from that energy, from that thriving, from that alignment. Because essentially that's what abundance is all about. It's abundance is only real abundance once everyone starts to win. So I dive into that in the book as well. We really get into it in money. There's a lot of exercises and stuff in there and a lot of drawings, as you know, it's my favorite thing. And then we get into giving, which is, to be honest, my favorite part of the book, the new way to give. It's all about Team Earth and giving massive props to humanity and the fact that we are progressing really swiftly and really beautifully and really amazingly. And as leaders, can we stop and give humanity props for a minute? And can we prioritize being on Team Earth more importantly than our religious, political, and football teams? No, I always ask the question, what if Mars had a soccer team? Like, how much would we love each other then if everyone on Earth was on the same team and we're competing against Mars? So the new way to give is remembering that we're on Team Earth. And it's also about remembering that changing the world is not rocket science. We have everything we need to do it. Changing the world is heart science. So when we collectively give enough of a shit, we are going to eradicate homelessness. We are going to move to sustainable energy. All of that stuff is so easy for us. Our brilliance is there. It's just we don't collectively give enough of a shit right now, but we are moving there so quickly. Like, look around at all the epic shit going on in the world. Like, I've never been more proud of humanity than I am now. So then the book wraps up with how can we be more like Mother Nature for Mother Nature? And that's where I was like crying writing the end of this book. I was like, oh my God, like I just love her so much. Like she's just the greatest mentor and she teaches us so much every day. And now she's asking us like, be more like me, like watch me and be more like me. And then we can be on the same page and then we can all thrive together. And that's how the book ties up. And I was so honored to write that part. Like at the end of the book, I just felt so grateful. I was like, thank you, fuck. Like, thank you for choosing me to articulate this and to get to read it first, essentially, because I'm just so grateful to Mother Earth for how patient she is with us and how loving she is to us and how much she trusts us. And we have no excuse not to trust and love each other as much as she trusts and loves us, you know? I absolutely agree, honey. And I was getting so emotional just listening to you because I feel this book is so important. Every single human being on this planet needs to read it. Every single person will get so much out of it. And there's so many things, so many nuggets that you just said then. And one of the things that I wanted to touch on was about changing your mind. It's okay to change your freaking mind. Even if you're just about to launch, even if you're just about to say, I do, even if you're just about to press send, it is okay. 
okay to change your mind. And I know for some people that's quite hard because, you know, I value integrity and I and I honor my word. And so for me, I really struggled with this for a long time, but that's because I wasn't living in alignment with my truth. And when I really tuned in, I realized that, okay, that once was in alignment with me or that once was my truth and now it's not and it's okay for me to say, no, I don't want to do this anymore. So I love that you talk about that so much in the book. I really, really love that. It's okay to change your mind. It's okay. And I also, I loved what you touched on. Oh my gosh about play because you and I are very similar in the sense that we both are so passionate about what we do and we're go-getters and we make shit happen. But we also have a tendency to go, go, go. And um, what I've realized over the last few years is that, yes, I love what I do and I could honestly work all day long, but play and connection and love They fuel my soul, like they light me up, they raise my vibration. And so creating epic stuff in the world is so important, but so is play and love and connection with others. And I love that you mentioned that. But I'm curious to know, how do you implement play into your life? I know play is an energy. So it's an energy and a vibration that you probably bring to, you know, the way that you walk to the fridge and the way that you, you know, walk up to soul and things like that. But are there any other physical things that you do to implement play into your life? Yeah. And, it, and you're so spot on. It is a vibration. Like play is not something like people think, oh, it play it's having fun. A lot of the time, like when I try and have fun, like if I go to the movies, I'm like, that's not, that's not very fun for me. Like sitting on a Ferris wheel is not my idea of fun. Like I crap myself on a Ferris wheel. I, I can skydive, but I cannot sit on a Ferris wheel. I don't know what it is. It's just not my idea of fun. So it's, it's not about, I want to go and have fun. It's about being playful, being light, lightening up, like making a joke at an inappropriate time because that's that vibration is going to gift whatever it is so much more. It's like, it's, I am like, and in my book, you read it. I sort of went from paranoid Peter, which is what I was like. My mom, my mom used to call me that to like being more like just playful, but I'm still so working on it. Like I'm so working on it because I'm hardwired to like, you said, sit down and get shit done. But it is, it's some, it's the, Vibration, you give things. So for instance, when I'm writing an email, if it's getting like a little bit serious or intense or boring, I'll just like, and I don't even know the person I'm emailing. It's just like slipping in some random fact of my day and a little, you know, something that just takes, shocks them a little bit. And for me, it just lightens my day and it reminds me like this interaction, like everybody just needs to lighten up and just get that little like chuckle or that just that little like, hey, it's this is not that serious. Like the fact that we're editing this audiobook is not that serious. Like, hey, getting this Amazon delay, who fucking cares? Like life is such a privilege. Like let's lighten up about this and play. So for me, it's about l- trying to lace play through everything I do. Like w- like wearing my favorite vintage denim jacket, like on a Tuesday when I'm not actually going anywhere, but I just want to feel really playful. It's about memes like memes i'm obsessed with memes and i'm the same as you like i don't like scrolling insta scrolling instagram mindlessly is a kink for me like i i stop like but i love scrolling memes and to me sometimes i'll just give myself like 30 minutes go and find like the most horrendous offensive hilarious 
memes you can and just laugh at them and then just tag people in them. And the ones that are too offensive to tag people in on Instagram, like in case people see that you did it, like screenshot and send it to just people who you like. So I find memes, like I literally mean this with all my heart, is like a therapy because it's teaching everybody to lighten up about serious shit, like even spiritual stuff. People are making funny memes out of spiritual stuff. And I love it because it's teaching us like, hey, even while you're healing and and growing and you know striving, stop and realize that there is there's like so much to laugh at and there's so much to just stop and realize how serious we take ourselves all the time. So even just some things like we'll be standing in the kitchen and my husband does this really hilarious dance. Like it is so funny. Like I'll I'll get him to show you and Nick when we're in Bondi, but it's hilarious and he won't do it he won't do it I I mean it is funny it's like a Mardi Gras dance like it is hilarious and so I'll just stop and I'll just do it at him and he'll do it back and it will just be like just it's just it's just foolishness and I think that's very much what play is it's just acting the fool it's like letting go it's realizing you're not we're not that big of a deal that we can't just you know, just take the piss out of ourselves, take the piss out of life, like just laugh at each other, laugh at ourselves. Like there's times for seriousness, like there's times for grief and there's times for deep healing. But a lot of the time we're so serious and life is just like, really? Like, what do you have to be so serious about today? Like, can you just like laugh a little bit? Like, and to me, play is the fastest way to raise our vibration when it's, you know, when it's relevant, obviously, you know, when someone's died, you know, you're not going to go and do cartwheels outside, but it's a lot of the time when we're trying to access creativity or when we are trying to find a solution, you know what it's like when you go and play with Leo or when you go down to the beach and just like go play with the dog, your solutions come to you, your clarity comes to you. It doesn't come when you're sitting at the computer because you're accessing a vibration that has all of the information that you need. Everything comes to you quicker, faster, and clearer when you're in that vibration. So play is also very strategic because it is it does help you access things that you want to access that you can't access when you are just sort of hanging out at this like serious low vibration. It's like lighten up and you will rise up and you will access what you can't access when you're just being serious Sally all the time, you know? I absolutely agree. And we say to our team all the time, if you're not having fun, you're doing it all wrong. You need to be having fun. And and I think kids are a really great way to bring that vibration of play. You know, for me, I remember when I first got with Nick, I didn't realize this at the time, but I wanted Leo to think I had it all together. And So I wouldn't really be silly with him. Like I wouldn't muck around and be silly or let him see that side of me. And I realized this, you know, a few months in and I caught it. And that's where awareness is key. And I was aware of what I was doing. And then I thought, well, this isn't in alignment with my the vibration that I want to be living in. And then I just completely let it go. And now I let him see me be so silly. Like I sing so ridiculously. I dance so ridiculously. Leo and Nick are both really good singers. I am not. They're very musical. Like it's sometimes embarrassing how bad I am, but 
I let them see that side of me because that feels so good in my vibration. It really raises my vibration. You're absolutely right. And I'm sure soul, you know, brings that out in you as well. And kids are just so great at, you know, really allowing you to access that vibration of play. And what I try and do is, yeah, you know, bring that into everything I do as well. Like just, you know, be silly as I walk to the kitchen and just do silly things that really help me raise my vibration. So I absolutely love that. Thank you so much for bringing that up because we are, we need to lighten up. We're so serious. Like it's not that important. Like what's more important is your vibration. So I love that you talk about this so much in the book. I just love it. And I also love another thing you touched on before that I just wanted to mention. I love that you say that, you know, God or source or or whatever you believe in, that's our boss. That is our spiritual boss. And that's very much how I feel with my work. You know, people say to me, oh, how is it writing two books? Like, it must have been so hard. And I'm like, you know what? Like, I was just the vessel. I was the vessel. It actually, the writing process was really quite effortless and divine and beautiful. And I was open wide and I was an open vessel. So it flew through me. It's more the editing, as you know, the editing phase that you start to go cross-eyed and you've read your book so many freaking times that you're like, have I said that before? No, I haven't said it. I've just read it 50,000 times. And you, you know, that's the more, I don't even want to use the word challenging, but that's the, the work, you know? And same with my podcast and all of the work that I do, it's divine. It doesn't feel like hard work because I've got a spiritual boss up there that is like, girlfriend, sit down, turn your mic on and interview Peter Kelly right now. (laughs) It's exactly how it is. And it's tough too. Like sometimes that relationship is so tough because your entity is so clear and And sometimes there's that battle between what do I want to do and what does my vision want me to do? And they're not always the same thing, which is why it's such a unique thing. Because when we are in this spiritual relationship with business, it grows us so much as an entrepreneur and as a, as a person, because we are being humbled and truly like of service to something bigger rather than trying to be like the controller of everything. It's like, no, no. I might be the CEO or whatever, but I have a chief entity which sits above me in the organizational chart of my company. Mm. And Nick talks about this in our tour that we're currently on at the moment. And for many years, he ignored his chief entity. And he went and got a quote unquote real job in real estate, ignoring his chief entity that was like, you got to sit down at your keyboard and you got to share your music and you've got to open your heart. And so, it actually, he ignored it for so many years, about maybe 10 years. He ignored his chief entity and it made him sick. It put him in hospital and he was actually, he was bedridden, babe, for three years. Like he didn't work for three years because he ignored the knock from his chief entity. So it is really important that you know, if you have an entity up there, you know, knocking on your door, listen, listen up because it's chosen you, like you said, it's chosen you for a reason. So we've got to listen up. Oh yeah. Amen. So true. So honey, I want to shift gears now a little bit and just focus the spotlight on you. I've got a couple of questions that I would love to just dive in with you. 
What is one thing that's bringing you the most joy in your life right now? Oh, Sol. She's just pure magic. Like she has the biggest blue round eyes and she's just starting to like pull herself up and stand up and then look over and see like how proud she is of herself. She's like obsessed with music. So her and Nick maybe can like jam together. She's like playing her maracas every morning and she's just like, she's so clever. She's just like, just seeing the world through her eyes is just pure joy. And of course, being a parent with Eric is just pure joy too. It's just, it's just magic. Like it's, I mean, it's just, she's just pure magic. I just feel so lucky every day that I get to, to just, to just look at her, even just her eyes, just getting to play with her, just having her as like, just my inspiration for everything, but also just like my greatest work. And it's just, it's so special, you know, and she's really helped me. Like I'm going through a phase in my life where I am slowing down a little bit. It's crazy. Like slowing down, going on a book tour is slowing down for me, but it's like saying yes to less in terms of even big, like there's, there's a lot of entities swirling me right now. And I know that I can't say yes to them all. So I'm really slowing down and like romancing these entities and seeing which are the best for, which are the best and most aligned. And, and it's so cool because I know that as I, as I sort of like give myself this permission and this time to leave more space in my life, like I have this, this child who is all like, I'm always doing my most important work in the world when I am with her and when I am just loving her and holding space for her to blossom. And it's just motherhood is just, it's so, it's such a privilege. And so she gives me so much joy. My husband always gives me so much joy. Knowing that we're coming home to Australia in a couple of weeks gives me so much joy. Cacao is just like my ride or die joy give her every single day. Um, the fact that everyone's going to read my book soon is giving me so much joy. I just, you know, you know what it's like, you write the book and you get like zero feedback for so long. And then it's just like, you're just like, I want people to just get it. And just like, to just know which bits land because it's just been like me in this book for so long, you know, like I'm, it's not mine anymore. Like hurry up and read it. So I'm, that's giving me a lot of joy too. just that like anticipation. Yeah. I love that, honey. How last time we spoke, you had soul in your tummy, and now you've got her here in your arms. Yeah. So last in our last interview, you were just about to give birth. Yeah, what's right? How has motherhood changed you? It's like an instant, like filter of what matters and what doesn't. So before being a mother, we all, um, I don't know about everyone else, but I had so much time and space and energy. Like you're sli- I was sleeping 10 hours a night. I, you know, I w- had all the time in the world during the day to do whatever I wanted to do. And so there was so much, there was so much opportunity for me to give too much attention and time and energy to things that really didn't matter to me because I had time and energy. I had it to spare and I had some extra to exhaust. And yet when you have a child and, you know, you, you have this essentially, it's not, a, I wouldn't say it's a full-time job, but you have something to do and somewhere to be and someone to be with all the time. And you're their only mom. You know, I'm her only mom that instantly. And now I need to know what really matters and what doesn't, because every hour or two or three away from her, it better return a good return on investment for me in terms of fulfillment, 
happiness, contribution, like, like this hour that we're spending together now, like it's so fulfilling for me. And so it's like, it matters to me, but there's like so many things that I could be doing with my time that they don't matter to me. And now that I have a child, it's like, I don't have that extra, the crevices in my life that I can just exhaust energy on things that don't matter. So it's, you know, I don't, I now have given myself permission to not care about everything. Whereas before I cared about a lot of things. And now I just, I, I care about less, but I can give more energy to what I care about. Like conversations like this, I can be a hundred percent present because I care about it. Like there's been so many opportunities like to speak in certain places this year around my book. And I've said no to almost all of them because I have to reserve my energy for like my tour and a big event at the end of the year and, you know, just being with my child. And I don't want to drag her around all around the world. Like we're already going to too many places. So it's, it's like instantly what really matters and what doesn't and being able to lovingly lovingly say no and just like, hey, this is really cool. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I so appreciate it, which I do every time, but I just don't have the capacity right now. And it's almost like now that I have a child, it ends there. Whereas before I had a child, I would probably feel guilty for three days trying to fit how could I fit it in my schedule. It was like I didn't give myself permission to just have the extra space. But now it's like, no, it's so important that I'm not spreading myself thin because Soul only has one mom and I refuse to have her see me as someone who is spread thin. Like I want her to see me as someone who thrives and that's the most important example that I can be for her. Mm, I love that, honey. Thank you so much for sharing. And before you mentioned that something that you're working on is really slowing down, is there anything else in your life right now that you're working on or would like to improve? Yeah. Um, so that I'm always working on slowing down. I think my gears are like, my gears are sort of like stuck in like gear six and I'm slowly like reeling them back, but I'm, I'm really proud of myself for how far I'm coming and I'm doing a lot of work on my nervous system and just, I am proud of myself because I'm getting there. I think what I am working on and what I want to improve is getting better at like this relationship with entities. So I feel like there's always so many ideas coming to me and I'm so quick to act on everything. Like when I have an idea, I get excited about it. I will just like, I'll start it immediately. But that's where I'm working on. Like not everything, just because everything is presenting itself to me, it doesn't mean I have to accept it all. So I'm really working on improving, taking my time saying yes to things, like taking my time, even saying yes to entities and ideas, taking my time. If, if I do need to you know, if there's an opportunity to speak or anything like that, it, whatever comes to me, even if it's like my podcast requests that I go through, it's like I'm allowed to take my time and romance the idea of things to make sure it's a fit rather than just ready aim fire like I used to, you know. So that's what I'm really working on because it just, it, everything is, every yes is becoming more meaningful to me now. And I can give all of my energy towards less rather than just being like, oh my God, this is an exciting vision. Yeah, it's come to me. I'm going to go and move on it. It's, realizing that some are meant for me and some are just meant to teach me something and inspire me in a little way, but not meant for me to act on. So it's I'm, what I'm working on now is really romancing these ideas as they come to me, romancing the visions, spending some time getting to know them, like take these visions on dates and take these ideas on dates and like explore them and write about them and, and really get to know are you coming to me to like teach me something and show me something or are we really about to like create epic shit together? Mm, I love that. That's so inspiring, honey. And it's really 
made me think as well, especially when you're in the middle of book launch. So as you know, my book has launched in Australia and New Zealand and it launches in the US and the rest of the world on March 6th. So for me, I have been doing a ton of amazing podcast interviews and there's a lot coming my way, which I'm super grateful for, but you've really inspired me to stop and romance the idea first and just check in and go, okay, this is an amazing opportunity. Is it in alignment? Does it make me feel good? Does it, I always say, and I talk about this in my book and on my tour, you know, does it make me feel opened or closed? Does it make me expand or contract? Am I expanding or am I contracting when I tune into this? So you've really inspired me with that. And that's something that I'm going to really ponder on and consider next time another opportunity presents itself in my inbox. So thank you. And it's so good too, because you can just like, I love being like super grateful and appreciative of it because it's all feedback. It's like, this is amazing, but it's, we just can't do all of them. So it's, it's a really, there's so just, it's just so many gifts, you know, when things present itself to us, it's just, it's, we get to master our own energy in so many ways and still be so appreciative for all of the opportunities and things showing up because it, it is, it does feel so good. Doesn't it? Like when, when there is so many great things you get to be a part of, like it feels so good. So you never want less things, you know, you never want less invitations. You just want a greater, more aligned process with choosing which ones your energy needs to go to. Exactly. So now let's pretend you have a magic wand and you could put one book in the school curriculum of every single high school around the world besides your now amazing book, which is out there, which I highly think every single human being on this planet needs to read. I know it's you know, directed more at millennials, but I just think every single person is going to get so much out of it. Like even as I was reading it, I was just thinking my mom would love this because it would just give her such an insight into the way that we think. And so is there a book that has really been impactful for you that you think would be amazing in the school curriculum? You know what? It's funny because I answered last time the Dow. Um, last time you asked me, I answered the Dow, and now I think, God, there's so like there's so many. Like I'm reading a lot of ans, um, like ancient tribal indigenous books right now, like medicine, wisdom, and stuff like that. But I think something simpler because I wouldn't want to throw stuff at a high school curriculum. Either one of these two books, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up by Marie Kondo. It is, I, when I picked it up, I was like, this is not really for me. I already understand, you know, live more with less, rah, rah. but that book was really profound for me as she explains like the energy and things and the patterns that, you know, having stuff in our space, the, how, what that's telling us about what we're accepting into our life. Um, another book that I love right now, The Life-Changing Magic of Not Giving a Fuck. I mean, that book is funny, but profound. And like, I just, I really got so much. I read both of those at the same time. So I did like a major life clear out at one point. Um, and then another book on the, exactly the same lines, Soulful Simplicity that I'm reading right now. So those three are basically all about clearing your space, clearing your life so that what matters most to you, you have all the energy in the world for what matters most to you. So that that's like a triple 
combo. I'd probably package that up for the curriculum. I could, I mean, I could give a whole bunch of different books, but that, those are just what's hot right now. Awesome. I love that. I can't wait to read. I've read The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, but haven't read the other two. So I will put them on my list next to read once I've finished your book. So let's talk about your day now. And I know you told us your little morning routine last time, but this will most likely have evolved because you didn't have soul back then. So tell us about how you start your day, your morning routine, your sacred goddess time. You know, how do you prime yourself and set yourself up to live in alignment that day? Yeah. So it starts off every morning with a little tap on my shoulder and I and I look up and Saul is just smiling. And that's the greatest part of stuff like that. We co-sleep. So she'll tap me on the shoulder like, mom, I'm ready to play now. Like, look. And, and she's always just beaming. Like she's beaming every time I turn. And that's like my lit. And some nights I've been up breastfeeding a lot, like if she's teething or whatever. So that's like my reward. Every morning I know I've got a prize. I'm going to wake up and I'm going to roll over and I'm going to get that tap on my shoulder or the tug of my ponytail and I'm going to turn over and she's just going to be smiling like, Mom, let's start the day. So that's how I start the day now, which is the best. And we have a little play and we crawl in bed and we just, we just, like, we just revel in that time, which I used to just spring out of bed, get out, you know. So I love that. And then I will, um, my husband will usually take soul then and I will um, meditate and I've started really, I'm the same as you. I won't turn my phone on in the morning. And I just, you know, I'll meditate first, um, maybe pull some cards, set an intention for the day, you know, th- that simple stuff that really is so powerful. Um, but I found that meditating as close as I can to getting up is, is really helpful because there's been not as much input, like an information put into my field that day. So, um, I will usually set an intention like the vibrate and it usually will sound something like, you know, may the vibration I am today allow X, Y, and Z. So may allow like a super smooth launch of my book or X, Y, Z. Um, so may th- I always am very vibration based there. And then um, I will, I just had pneumonia, which was a great um, recalibration for me, tough, but great recalibration for me. But I, wasn't able to do Pilates or walk or anything for a few weeks. So now I'm loving that I am, you know, just, I'm just so grateful for my body, just being a healing boss as our bodies are. But I will then move. So whether it's a walk or Pilates or yoga or, you know, I'll, I'll move. And then that's usually with Sol. So she'll usually lay next to me if I'm doing yoga or we'll walk together. Um, and then I will come back and I will have my little cacao ceremony every day. So it's, um, my cacao ceremony and I have some music in my ears or I'll sit outside and I will have my notepad there and I'll usually just write poems or I'll journal or I'll just, you know, I'll just fly. That's just my time to just fly. I call it like my energetic elevator. Like I get in and I go up. Um, and then I will usually check in to stuff after that. So I'll usually do a check of, um, you know, whether it's social media and emails and everything. And I've changed my day right now to try, this is my new goal. So I've, I am always experimenting with my schedule. I love experimenting, but um, my new trial thing is to, I spend two hours in the morning creating. Um, and then I will take in the middle of the day, Sol and I will just play. And then I'll have two hours in the afternoon, which is called like my generator time. 
And that's usually like 1.30 to 3.30 when I'm in the US. And that's the time where I'll do a podcast or I will, you know, get on important calls. And that's the time that I commit to being like, that's like my masculine time. Like get like this is your time where you get in and it's very intentional and generate something more greater, grander, and glorious for the world in this time. So that's like my generating time. The morning is like feminine time and the afternoon, those two hours is like power time. And I'm trying to get really good and my assistant, I'm working with my assistant on this at really honoring those boundaries around that time so that I know when I'm playing with soul and I know when I'm working and I don't accept too many calls in one day because that puts me out of alignment because then I'm not playing with soul. So that's what I'm playing with right now. And then after that, I really try and switch off and my husband comes home and then we're also experimenting with zero phones after 6 p.m. now. So it's tough when I'm in the U.S. because all my friends and family are in Australia and that's when they're waking up. So I usually will do a few FaceTimes and, you know, send my texts and whatever, and then we'll, we'll tuck the phones away. So that's how it is right now, but always experimenting and always refining. Yeah. I love that. And Nick and I are the same. We, once we do our afternoon meditation and then we go into dinner from that afternoon medi, it's phones off, it's phones on aeroplane mode and it is our time. You know, they're out of sight, they're on aeroplane mode and it is our time. I, I flew in yesterday at about 5.30, which was so nice from Uluru and, and I got back home and my phone was off before I even walked in the door. And we sat down to the most beautiful dinner together that he had prepared. It was just so beautiful. I haven't seen him in a week. And then we sat on the couch and we just talked and talked and talked and talked. No phones. And then we got into bed and it was more talking and talking, like just really connecting. And I feel like I am not in alignment if my phone is next to me and it's going off. Like it makes me feel really out of alignment. So for me, I love it being on aeroplane mode and out of sight when I'm trying to really deeply connect with someone. But I understand as well for you, it's like that's when all your family's waking up and that's that's when you're like FaceTiming and texting me. It is tricky with the time zones and sometimes you do have to jump on calls um, and things like that. But the intention's there and you can, you know, pop it straight back on aeroplane as soon as you're done. So I love that. Thank you for sharing that, honey. It's really beautiful. I would love to hear now, what are three things you're most recently grateful for? A very healthy baby, definitely. Um, A husband who is always willing to grow with me. We've been doing a lot of work together lately on like dreaming again about, you know, our next phase. I'm super grateful for that. And my tribe, you know, like my book has been so, it's not even out and everyone has been so supportive and loving and trusting in me. So. Those are three things off the top of my head. Beautiful. And I would love to hear now, honey, what is one of the most important things that we can do for our health today? What's one thing? And this might have changed since our last episode, but what's coming up for you today? Firstly, make sure you're drinking good quality water. Like I'm obsessed with water. I know me, you, Nick, and Eric, we spoke about water in depth, but water, um, I think it's super important to move in a way that feels right for your body. So don't go and throw weights around the gym. If you are requiring like to feel more in your feminine energy and don't go and push weights up a hill. Like I feel like women, like for me, especially, and this has been huge for my health. Some mornings 
what my body's most requiring is that I loosen my hips and I breathe and I do some kundalini. Whereas my workout plan might have said, do X, Y, Z. So I'm getting really good now. And again, I'm honoring myself for it because I used to be so bad at it, at asking my body, like, what do you need today? Rather than what do I need to get more shredded X, Y, Z? And I feel like women particularly need that for their health and for their energy flow. So that's what I'm really focusing on right now. Yeah, beautiful. I totally agree. And I love that. I love that you shared that in the book as well, how you used to really pump the iron and do all of this hardcore exercise. And you're like, yeah, this actually isn't an alignment. So I love that. (laughs) So now what is one of the most important things that we can do for more wealth in our life? So more abundance in all areas of our life. Firstly, understand abundance, I think. So abundance is like you think about a waterfall. The tap, like abundance is basically on offer all around the world. It's just this tap, right? It's this waterfall. And a lot of people view abundance as being the pool at the bottom of the waterfall. It's like what we have, what we own, what we hoard. But abundance is not the pool at the bottom. Abundance is the waterfall. So when we are living in abundance, we are standing in the waterfall, which means that we don't need to have everything in our life. Like we don't need like have it all. I don't like that term have it all. Cause I'm like, I can't fit it all. Like, why do I want to have it all? Like I want, I don't want to have it all. God, that's too much to have. It's so being in abundance and living in the tap means that you know that everything is available to you, but you only want what you choose. You, you only want what you choose so that you can be surrounded only by what you love. You don't want to have it all. So I think that's important to understand that everything's available to you now choose and be surrounded only by what you love, and leave space. Don't feel like you have to have so much stuff that you can't actually appreciate what you love and what you've chosen. Like, leave space, um, which is super important. So, And the next thing is um, understand your your story around money right now. Is it borrowed? Is it inherited? Or did you create it yourself? And very rarely have people created their money story themselves, unless you've been doing this work for a while, which people on your podcast probably have. Um, But understand where is my money story come from? Did I inherit it from my parents? Is it rewarding for me? Did I borrow it from society, from my community, from the collective? Is it rewarding for me? Or have I created it? In which case, congratulations, well done. That's awesome. And then once you know that, you can then heal your relationship with money. And I think we spoke about on this on our last episode is write a love letter to money. Like let it out, tell money, like when did you start to hate it or love it? And how would you like your relationship to be upgraded now? And then write a new story. So it's firstly, you know, understand abundance. Secondly, understand your story and then go to work to heal it and write a new story, which we talk about in the podcast. So I don't need to expand. Yeah. Yeah. I highly, highly recommend every single person go back and listen to that episode with Peter how to financially free yourself, it's called, and we'll link to it in the show notes. It is one of my most downloaded episodes because you just over-delivered girlfriend with that. Like your chief entity was just moving through you that day. That's for sure. It was so powerful. And if you have a little bit of an icky money story or it's borrowed or it's inherited, I would highly recommend going back and listening to that. It is life-changing, life-changing. So please go and listen to it. All right, gorgeous. Now, what is one of the most important things that we can do for more love in our life? 
open wide. I think someone very wise once said that to me, open wide. <laughs> um, but that is so true. Like I think about that all the time. Like how you said that was your mantra. I always think about that. Like just open wide right now, open wide. Like you're safe, open wide. And sometimes I just have to tap my heart and say that, you know, you're safe, you're safe, open wide. Because we all have shit, you know. But open wide, open wide. And I think that is, it's it's really profound. So I think uh, another way to have more love in our life is to be more tender and gentle with ourselves because that's just where where everything stems from. We are so much more available to the love that is trying to make its way to us and the love that we're also like yearning to give to others when we can really be more gentle and tender with ourselves. And the other one I think is to like recognize that everything that shows up in our life is wanting to be loved. Like whether it's a feeling or a thought or, you know, an experience or whatever, like how, where is this just wanting my love? And if that can be our first first response, I feel like love dissolve it just dissolves everything. Sometimes, you know, we can just, I used to say a lot, like spray love on it, like pretend you have love in a kitchen bottle, like of detergent and just spray love on it and see what happens. And chances are it's going to dissolve and be so grateful. Like love was literally the answer. Mm, I love that. We actually have written on our mirror in our bathroom in big writing, love is the answer right now. Because Nick and I always write little mantras and it says right now, love is the answer. So I love that you just said that. So cute. Oh, I love it. So honey, what is one thing now that I personally and the listeners today can do to serve you? How can we serve you today? Oh, I just think enjoy the book, like get the book, enjoy the book and let me know. Like, cause I think that's the, that's what I'm craving now is like, okay, like let's have the conversation. Like I've just been having this conversation with the book for so long. Like, let's talk about it. And like people have started to read it, which is awesome. Like you and some other friends and I'm getting some, you know, great feedback, but it's just, it's nice to feel, it's nice to know the conversation is landing. And so get the book, read the book, enjoy the book and let me know on social media, you know, and hopefully i see me at the tour as well, which is starting to sell out. We're trying to expand the venues. Um, but yeah, just if you can come to the tour, but really just just read the book from top to bottom and um, just at your own pace and just let me, like just just jump in on the conversation if you feel like you want to, just so that I can I can learn, you know. We will link to the book. We'll link to your events in the show notes. I will be at the Sydney one. I cannot wait. I'm so proud of you. And I honestly think every single person should read this book. And I don't want to shoot on anyone, but I'm shooting on you right now because it's just so powerful. I have laughed out loud. I have cried. I have had goosebumps. I have literally said, hell yeah, sister, out loud. Last night as I was reading it, I was laying in bed and Nick was reading next to me and I was laughing out loud and he's like, what? What's so funny? And then I'd read it to him and he's just like, oh my gosh, we just love and adore you so much. And I just want everyone to please go out and read it and then please let Peter know on social media what you think, you know, what are your biggest takeaways from it? because it, it's just so powerful as well when you reiterate what you've learned because it helps you embody what you have just read. And before we go, I just want to say thank you so much for, for being the open vessel. Thank you so much for sharing. You have such 
an epic way with words. You really do. And I honor that in you because I know it's writing is definitely an interesting task and you just have such an epic way and an eloquent way to articulate your message. So thank you so much for sharing that and your work and everything that you do. You're just such a fierce ambassador for love and mother nature. And I love and adore you. I feel good. I feel grateful to have this conversation with you. I love you so much and I honor you as well. And thank you for having me back on the show and for having this conversation with me and just for being such a beautiful, loyal, loving friend. You teach me so much about friendship and I've I've told you that before. Mm, I adore you, honey. I adore you. Thank you so much. And you are the first guest that we've had back for a second time. So you deserve a cacao for that. That's for sure. (laughs) I'll have one. All right, my love. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye, everyone. How epic was that? I got so much out of today's episode, and if you did too, please subscribe and leave me a five-star review in iTunes or on your podcast app, because that means that we can inspire even more people together. And don't forget to tell me on social media, either on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, who you would like me to have on the show. And for everything that Peter and I mentioned in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes, and that is at melissarambrosini.com forward slash 69, and you can check out all my other episodes there too. And just a reminder that you can now order my second book, Open Wide, A Radically Real Guide to Deep Love, Rocking Relationships, and Soulful Sex. And all you have to do is head to melissarambrosini.com forward slash open wide to get your copy today. Thank you so much for being here and for wanting to be the best version of yourself and for showing up today for you. You seriously rock. And now if there is someone in your life that you can think of that would really benefit from this episode please share it with them right now. Take a screenshot, send them a text, share it on your social media, email it, do whatever you've got to do to get this episode into their ears. And until next time, don't forget that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word.